Welcome to Anyone Can Play Guitar, a podcast where we try to learn every Radiohead song on guitar in order. My name's Nick Kendallsberger. And I'm Austin Diaz. So Nick, we're back at it with middle part of Hail to the Thief. How, yes. are, we, how are we feeling? <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the summer heat here has not helped. Not helped you? Okay. No. Do you guys have air conditioning in Chicago? I forget. Is it one of those cities that oh, has yeah. air conditioning? Oh. Yeah, no, we have air conditioning. Switzerland doesn't believe in air conditioning? No. I think like it's even a bit outlawed or something. It's like illegal. That sounds like something Switzerland would do, right? Yeah, or just Europe in general. Things in America, we're focused on other things at the moment. Well, you did, um, you did pass we, a climate bill recently. We did, yes. We passed a climate bill, and someone may have stolen some nuclear secrets, but, you know. Yeah, that, we'll person's, see how that, that person's not important anymore, right? That person's <laughs> not important. <laughs> I probably have practiced this group of songs the least amount of any episode we've done so far ah that was me last episode like the motivation for those that last set of songs they were both hard and not worth it i think we discussed that they're not completely horrible songs it's just like for the guitar parts i was like this is really hard for something that i can't even play by myself at all so i didn't practice that much i was like okay i have the idea where with these ones i kind of wanted to figure out like how could i make it sound some of them i wanted to figure out how i could make it sound by myself I'm just going to have to say ahead of time that I don't hate Hail to the Thief, but it's going to seem like I do for a little bit longer. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, don't don't worry. I, don't, I think people are tired of us, like, just sort of fawning over Radiohead anyways. When you read Reddit threads and, like, forums of Radiohead fans, I don't know if it's just people that, like, go to those forums and write, but they just seem to like everything. There's a lot of posts that are just like, why do people not like Hail the Thief? It's the best. It's my favorite album. And, you know, I get that if like you, if that's like your first Radiohead album, I can understand the emotional connection to it. But going through this one makes me appreciate Amnesiac so much more than I thought I did before. Because I always thought that that Amnesiac and Hail to the Thief were like a little spotty. But most of Amnesiac is just brilliant. Right. We're not getting those same highs as we were before. And then the lows are much lower. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, let's just get into it, I think. Okay, let's get into the fifth track, which is Go to Sleep. I sat down to learn this song and I almost texted you to say like actually I don't know if I can do this project anymore <laughs> like this this song is okay this song is so horrible I mean I did so, I did a bit of research on it and my um, favorite quote about this song comes from Colin where he says but for six months it was some kind of very 
very awful West Coast rock thing. We just kept looking at each other like, what are we doing here? This is awful. And I'm like, yeah, please just have gone with that. <laughs> this was a single. I know. On the they album. make a video of the it. They made a video. Second single on the album, right? Yeah. I mean, okay, let's just get into it. I think this is the most strangely disappointing track on the whole album. It's a through composed song, right? And so it just has the first part and then there's the second part. Okay. But I genuinely don't care for the first part at all. It's a part that kind of sounds difficult, but when you start learning it, you realize it's not difficult. It's just fast. I tried to find the technical term for this guitar playing technique where you just sort of stutter the chords. It sounds as though you're picking, but it's just like you hold the chords and you're just... Right? And it's just yeah. like you're hitting bottom, middle, top. It's like not very precise. You can just sort of like kind of cascade down the strings. So it is doing this thing where it alternates between 4-4 four, four and then 12-8. It just is a uh, kind of a puzzling and it's hard to get where it's coming from. And then when the second part comes up and it goes into sort of the standard 4-4 four, four for the whole thing, I, I kind of do like how that begins. The like... It's repeating in a in a strange way. It's looping on the end is the beginning of the f of the loop again. Right. Like you think you would play the G for like two full measures, which I can admire, and I I like the first part of the song more than I like this part of the song. So yeah, I have a great quote from Tom where he just says, "Go to sleep was one we never thought a track that we kind of didn't think we'd get off the ground a few times that we played it to." that we played it live to people. It was just this embarrassing sort of guitar noodle thing that just didn't really work out or would just collapse halfway through. It was awful, but we just sort of kept going and kept going. Why? I mean, well, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I think that's, I think that's interesting. I mean, like there, there's something that they're, there's it's like a scab or an itch that they're like picking at. And so I can kind of see what they're doing here, mm -hmm. but I don't like this song. <laughs> I just like it really frustrates me. Well, I mean, he even admits that like he made up the lyrics as they were doing it and said, like, hey, I'll rewrite these. When he went back to them, he's like, oh, these are okay. And then, wait, maybe they're great. I'm talking about uh, Gulliver's Travels here in the third verse, which is a bit just disappointing. We don't want a monster taken over. Yeah. Tiptoe round. Time down. I mean, this is the worst single they've released since. Pablo Honey, right? Right. I mean, I like it more than Stop Whispering, I think. Ooh, um, no. I mean, no. That's, a, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Anyone Can Play Guitar, so I like it more than Anyone Can Play Guitar. That's I the think. name of our podcast. I know, I know, but I'm going to stay close to my, <laughs> my feeling. This is definitely my least favorite Yorkian timber or cadence, like this okay. mode of his singing. Whereas it's like really whiny and you can tell he's really trying not to sound beautiful. Speaking of Pablo Honey, it's like it's the same sort of register, I guess, he uses on How Do You, where they're mm. trying to like really rock out. It's like it's like rock, you know, I don't care. I'm a rough singer voice. I am pretty baffled that this would first be on the album. Second, be the second single. 
and then that they wouldn't like come up with an ending. They definitely soured on it. You can see that like this song did not survive at all after the Hail to the Thief tour. Like they didn't they just oh, didn't play okay. it live. <laughs> like, yeah. They just were like, wait, no, maybe our initial opinion was correct. We're just not gonna say that explicitly. I think we should move on. I got nothing nice to say. Yeah. And I don't think that we're going to understand anything more about it because there's nothing to understand. I think that it was like a guitar noodle that they had and they tried to make it into a song. Okay. Anyway, we, we can move on to, um, wait, what is the, uh, what was the second name of this song? Little man being erased. I like that better for once. Little man being erased. Yeah. All right. All right. The next song is where I end and you begin. So the reason I didn't text you after go to sleep and say like I can't do this anymore is that I got to this one and this is okay. fine. Just I was like, oh, whew. I mean, after that, after go to sleep, this is such a breath of fresh air. Yes, it is definitely a breath of fresh air. It is. Um, this could maybe be called like the first actual song on the record. Yeah, it is a fully composed idea. And my favorite quote within is like, "Where I end and you begin." was a nightmare. Like, it took them forever to get this right. Yeah. <laughs> the best Radiohead songs, almost without fail, are the ones that they torture themselves over. And you can tell, I mean, like, you can tell, like, there's something so simple about this song that doesn't work unless all of the production, all of the instrumentation, like, unless everything is right, like, this song doesn't yeah. work. Uh, I mean, because to, to play it, it's kind of boring. I mean, like, I appreciate that I can play it easy enough and sing along, which is yeah. basically the first song on this album that I can do that with, right? Like, it doesn't sound anything like the recording, but I can get through right. the song. Because there's almost no guitar for much of the song, which is what's pretty interesting. I mean, essentially what they did is... So, you know, Johnny, on the last couple albums, just played the own Martineau all the time. Right. And... But what they've done here is on one side, you have Johnny playing the own Martineau. And then on the other side, you have Ed playing the Ebo. Yeah. And so instead of having like picked guitars on either side or strummed guitars on either side, you have them both playing these parts that are so atmospheric mm -hmm. and kind of dreamy in a nightmarish kind of way. And then in the middle is just like the bass and drums right. until sort of the end when when Tom gets into it. And the bass line is like a pretty fun bass line to learn. Yeah, did you learn that, it? Like yeah. uh, And um, it's locked really in with the drums, and so it sounds a lot like New Order and like yeah. a Peter Hook bass line. Mm -hmm. And oh, how, do you like you listen to New Order? I right? love New Order. Yeah. Okay. Whew. 
Yeah. Like basically everything, everything that they've done. Like I know. And is this a band that I, I don't I was not into them in college though. I I mean I didn't hate them, I just didn't know their stuff. Yeah. And it was it wasn't until a few years ago that I dug in and then I was like, oh my God. New New Order is like one of those bands that I could always recommend it to students who like they're oh. like they're like into 80s stuff or whatever because of Stranger Things. Um, and they're like, hey, Mr. Diaz, do you like have any other 80s bands? And I'm like, well, just listen to New Order. And then they always come back like <laughs> so excited. They're like, where did this come from? That's, I, I'm glad you also like New Order. Yeah. yeah. We don't always connect on like older bands. So. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's been really fun to listen to the old versions. So when Tom created this demo in 1998 using that QY70 sequencer, you can kind of hear the song, but it is a very electronic like demo. Mm-hmm. And so it's pretty cool that they were able to translate this into a rock song with, you know, like a bass and guitar. Phil's parts on the drums are just pretty astounding. Yeah, I don't think we talk about Phil enough because we're not drummers. Uh, I mean, but he's a VIP on this album in general. So, I mean, I think my favorite part of this song is the... I love the ending where it's like, I will eat you alive. Right. <laughs> and then Tom starts playing the guitar. I'm, you know, the, it's not that most, the most exciting part, but that, you know. I like that. Yeah. I mean, my favorite part in that video you sent me of the, the performance of the song in Chile is when like Tom like really rocks out on the guitar. Because, like, I'd never really seen him play a quote-unquote lead part before. Because he's the only mm-hmm. one that's really playing the guitar. <laughs> and then he, like, really he like really gets into it. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I mean, he's a great guitar player. It's his job. Yeah, he is. Um, but usually, like, that's, you would think that that's the part that Johnny plays live. But, like, Johnny's over there, like, you can't even see his face. Like, it's, it's just covered <laughs> with hair. And it's like, I am Ode Martinonin. <laughs> Don't mess with me. I'm Ode Martinonin. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely like, I think that this is the best song so far on the album. I don't love it. It is, there's no contrasting part of the song, but I'm not going to say anything bad really about it because it, it is such a welcome relief after what we've experienced. I agree. I, I think I played this song of all of the ones the least because I just had it down Quick enough, even the lead parts, I mean, because they're not hard. <laughs> so, we can move on. Wait, 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 sorry, we didn't do the alternate title. Oh, alternate, okay. So first we have to do the alternate title. So, Where I End and You Begin, or The Sky is Falling In. Nope, the original title is far, original title far superior. Sure. Far superior, okay. Yeah. So now we can get to your favorite song, We suck young blood. Are you being facetious, Nick? 
So I'm going to make a prediction here that you not only don't like this song, but that you despise it. Considering how much you've had trouble with some of the sort of jazzier songs, I would be very surprised if this were a song you liked. I love this song. You love this song? What are you talking about? Are you serious? I've always loved this song. Before I listened to the album, I could remember how three songs went without having to, like, really think about it. And this was the first one. Huh. This is so much fun to play. I cannot believe... I am floored. I yeah, well, I, have, I got that so wrong. I am... I have evolved as a person, or you just don't know me. Because this is another song that was inspired by Charles Mingus. Yep, I went back and... and I went back and listened to that... Charles Mingus song because I read the same thing and I was like, "What is what is the connection here? I don't know what you're ta- I don't know what you guys are talking about. This is this is to me. It's more like the I just like the sort of the vaudevillian horror element of this song, like the sort of tongue okay. in cheek. I never thought about jazz until I started reading about it. I mean, like I know that these are jazz chords, like I mean, but they're not just jazz chords, right? Like you can they pop up right. also when you when I try and like learn like classical Bach pieces or something. These chords come up like... Which, they're just cool chords. I don't see the connection. Oh, but the clapping, that was like, that's in that Freedom song, right? Yeah, but they do it better here. (laughs) All right. I love the part where, like, when they were talking about this song, they said that, like, they, you know... They wanted to have this like horribly out of time collapse and they had all this like special equipment set up so that like they could capture them not clapping correctly, which is just a wonderful. <laughs> how, how do you like this song? I don't hate this song as far as like the album goes, like this is just a could not be more of a momentum killer than it is, especially with Sail to the Moon like has already happened. It's very slow, very, very slow and dreary. Yeah. And it's long. You know, I like the crazy part in the middle Mm -hmm. where it sort of feels like the record's tumbling over each other. That's something that is so exciting. And then the song goes on for like another two minutes. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I understand that a little bit. I feel like they should just have the one verse four and then ended it. For a more perfect song, I mean, because like that, like, it's so crazy, and then how they just go back to, like, as though nothing happened with yeah. verse 3. That's pretty ingenious, I find. And that they go, like, after the breakdown, they go to, like, the full chords. They, like, they don't stay with the jazz chords anymore until they get back to the chorus. I, and I like that transition musically. Like, you have this, like, sort of breakdown, and it, like, takes away all of the the augmented, you know, special chords, and you're just left with sort of the bare-bone chords. I find that's an interesting musical idea that they then erase when they go back to the jazz chords for the chorus. Even though I love that, I mean, that that G-flat, B-flat, that... that. I like that part. Huh. I'm just absolutely floored. I don't even know. I'm speechless. This is not like... uh, I don't know. I... Because I, I even sat down and tried to listen to Charles Mingus again. I was like, maybe I'm evolved as a person. I'm not. It does seem like to be a little more like 1930s kind of thing. Like less 1960s. 1930s, 1950s. I'm totally there for jazz. Yeah. yeah. 1930s, I gotta I'm totally say, I like, I like these lyrics. Mm-hmm. 
They're pretty great. Did you hear that they actually shot a video for this? I did, but I couldn't find it. Well, it's not been released, but apparently Paul Thomas right. Anderson did it. So apparently, maybe that'll be on the deluxe issue of Hail to the Thief oh that we God. can look forward to. They're gonna, they, are they going to do that? They're going to do it. I don't know. <laughs> they're going to do it. Yeah, I mean, I saw that. I was like, there exists a black and white video for the song shot at Ocean Way by director Paul Thomas Anderson. I was like, what? <laughs> right. How would that not have gotten out yet? Right. I mean, because like, did he, has he, had he already done music videos? Because he does quite a few now, Paul Thomas Anderson. He does. He's like done uh, every single Heim video or not every single one, but he's done quite a few. He did like a Fiona Apple video. Right. For that, I am Sam soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. But was, he was like dating Fiona Apple. Yeah. Fiona Apple is someone I also really like. If we're talking about people, I can always listen to something they put out. Oh my god, yeah. I love I love Fiona Apple. I love that uh that Idler Wheel album. Yep. Um I don't know how many I don't know how many times I've listened to that like all yeah. the way through. Everyone freaked out over her last album and I like it, but like the Idler Wheel is the one I go right. back I was, to. Right. You most. know, like everyone freaked out and I was like, Have you listened to the older stuff? I mean like this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, okay, um, yeah, I, I find this song fun. It's a fun song. Mm-hmm. It's kind of silly, but it like it doesn't fit well. But nothing fits on this album, so I guess that's fine. Yeah, I mean, I I have you know I like this song. I like the previous song. I have no idea what they're doing with this song order with this sequence. I have no idea because <laughs> I don't like the album that much. I basically yeah. like just sit down and listen at a piece to the five four or five songs we're going to talk about. Like sitting down to listen to this, it felt like just it was like a total, totally other album. It's there's no association with the opening tracks. There's no mm-hmm. like arc. It's not like oh wait, I this doesn't this doesn't hit because I haven't listened to the whole album. Which is like on their previous albums, that's not the case. Yeah, they don't even seem like the same thing sometimes. Okay, well, do you have anything else to say? No, I like this song. Did you learn that you didn't? Did you try it on the piano at all? I did a little bit. It's fine. Cause I, I just wonder, I mean, because like it's quite awkward, the chord changes on guitar. And I just wonder if they make more sense on the piano. They do make more sense on the piano, but it's still pretty discordant on the piano. Okay. It, kind of a joke song, it feels like, in the way it's so morose in some parts. Well, I mean, but his voice is so pretty. Yeah. Like, especially that part you mentioned before. Mm-hmm. It is a joke song. They're trying to be funny. It does seem like a B-side, maybe. Like a, yeah. another song that... This goes back to my idea that this is a whole B-side album, but... Okay, what do you think of... Okay, We Suck Young Blood or Your Time Is Up? I like We Suck Young Blood for the joke aspect of the song. It's a joke song that works, but Your Time Is Up is for me better because it's also just a pretty song. Like, his voice is so pretty. That middle link part, like, where they go crazy is so cool. So it's also mm-hmm. not a joke. What do you think? I would stick with We Suck Young Blood. The Your Time Is Up. I get it. It doesn't, it's not as exciting. All right. Okay. Let's go to the next song, which is The Gloaming.
So the gloaming is the second title of the album. Tom wanted to call it the gloaming. I can see it would make the album seem very morose. <laughs> yeah. Even more so than it already is. That was a word that I like. I've always liked this word gloam and gloaming. Gloaming. Like yeah. the Scottish word for twilight or whatever. But it makes me think specifically of twilight in the woods, which I think is actually it originally it is. That's what it means. Like the twilight as it as experienced in the woods. Like there's a gloaming on like the forest floor. So this is like, but this is like a pretty old song. Yeah, this is another one that Tom had a an idea for it pretty early on in the night in the late nineties, and then Colin and Johnny kind of took it and transformed it into this. And so, if you look on Citizen Insane, the um, Radiohead website, they have a really interesting collection of demos of this song, and you can kind of see how it was more of a straightforward electronic song before and then johnny was able to of course make it sound strange by looping uh one part of it over and over again and so the whole song is kind of based on this idea of things not aligning it feels so nervous because everything's offbeat or just off of it you know like not even like in the middle of a beat, like <laughs> just off of a one or something. And so I can totally get how someone could listen to this song and just be like, I don't care at all. But I kind of like this song a lot. The beginning is so strange and how it feels like it's sucking the oxygen out of the air. It feels like you're going into a pressurized chamber or something. The way the vocals work is it's almost a texture more than a melody. Tom had a strange sequencing of this album that he had where it was like 10 songs. And, you know, I, I'm not in love with his total sequencing of it, but he had this song as the second song on the album. And it's a pretty amazing as a second track because I think that it kind of really represents a lot of what the album is about in a really effective way. It's a very creepy, strange song, and it's really—it's like three minutes long. It's like a little pop song. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like shorter than the singles they put out. I have like two points about this song. One is I love this quote from Johnny, where he says, "People have reported feeling unwell and uneasy and unsure listening to it," which is a good reaction to get, I think, halfway through the record. <laughs> You know, I was just like, yeah. you're like, really like, what? I mean, yes, exactly that. But I mean, I just love that Johnny is going for that. And also that it's all done with tape. It's not on the computer. Right. So the the original thing that was created was created on a, like a, you know, it was created digitally, but then he took, Johnny was able to manipulate that using tape, which is so interesting. My other point about this song is that they like to play it live. There's only one song from this album, which is the next one, that they played more on tour post this album tour than the gloaming. Which is I mean did you have you watched a live performance of this song? Yeah. They're having Tom's having a great yeah. time. And he like he always sort of prefaces it like we're going to do something light now. It's always like a joke. It's like, we're going to do something light, mm -hmm. and then they go into this, which is, you know, Johnny, Johnny just described as making people feel unsure, uneasy, <laughs> and unwell. 
nothing you can play on the guitar has anything to do with the song at all. But it is fun to play the song on guitar, just the chords. I mean, there's only like four chords, right. so it's really easy. And they're the easy chords. But I mean, like especially after the last song. But you can go like G. And then when the walls spin, yeah, like it's really fun. Yeah, I mean it, it is interesting. I mean, like it's still musically a bit interesting. That's changed from the A minor from the G to the G minor in the chorus, or I don't know if it's, it's not really yeah. the chorus, but like that's a that is a very uneasy change. I think that's the unsettling yeah. part of the song. Well, uh, Nick, I have to ah. say, like, you're not really so down on this part of the, of the album. album. Well, it was ma- mainly "Go to Sleep" that I was really worried about, yeah. and I, while I like "We Suck Young Blood," I don't love it. And you actually convinced me that it was better song than I thought it was, because I was just convinced that I was going to have to be the one to convince you that it was okay. The fact that you liked it made me like it more. Good. I, <laughs> I guess I only want to influence people. So, yeah, no, I mean, I definitely feel like we're coming finally up, but we still were eight tracks in and there was, there's not really a song here that I would put on a like best Radiohead album. And usually there's a best song within the first two songs. Right. (laughs) So to get through eight songs and it just be sort of a collection of like, I either hate that song or I'm okay with this song is uh, is a pretty strange thing. Right, which is why it was such a confusing first listening experience. I would wonder what other people think about it, to like have to go to this album after Kid A and Amnesiac. No, I mean, in Amnesiac, I had issues, but it was like, then the next song would be the most brilliant song they ever wrote. Right. <laughs> and so to have essentially eight songs where they range wildly in quality and where I don't, love a single one of them i don't i really don't like go to sleep and i don't like sit down stand up at all (laughs) and then it's just various waves of like i well i mean but isn't that isn't that even worse though like to be a bit just sort of indifferent or lukewarm it's worse to be lukewarm about a radiohead song than to hate it Right. The one thing I can say about the gloaming is like it is very much a like body experience. Like it's very well produced and um, it shakes you as you're listening to it. Well, and it's and I think it's like it's something that they it's a type of music that they really like reflected in the fact that they even play it live. Right. Like they go to the mm-hmm. trouble of figuring out how to how to work that out live and then they have fun with it. And so like I feel like if you don't like the gloaming then there's some sort of wavelength Radiohead that you're not on, where I've talked about, like, there's some other songs, like Dollars and Cents, Go to Sleep, Follow Me Around, where, like, they keep coming back to that vein, where I just think, like, I'm not on the same wavelength as the band, if they seem to really Mm -hmm. like this type of song. (laughs) Okay, so, and the second, I, okay, so you can have The Gloaming, or Softly Open Your Mouths in the Cold. I mean, I really like that, actually. (laughs) Okay, you do like that? The softly open your mouths in the Yeah. Corner? There's something. Okay. I don't it like that. It should be in a poem but written by somebody it else. It should be. I can get it as a poem. 
but I do like the gloaming. I do. Yeah, I mean, as a song title, the gloaming is better. But I I like that. Yeah. Image like softly open your mouths in the cold. Okay. All right. But we got to move on because we got one more song. There, there. Finally here, Austin. <laughs> I cannot tell you how comforting this song sounds when it comes up in the album, and then just it's magnified when you have to learn all of the songs before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is just like the sweet release of like, oh my god. <laughs> like, I have a very good is- illustration for for this song. I think you can tell me. Okay. Whereas I was listening to this batch of five songs and I don't have like that much private time. So sometimes I just have to listen to the music around my kids, which is fine. I mean, like they should also be exposed to all different types of music and not just kids music or whatever. They're lately into like very old Mexican music, which is fun. Um, But Elliot is like in, in that stage. He's like 16 months where like he dances to everything. Like he dances to me grinding coffee. You know, like, I'll be grinding coffee, and he's just over there, like, swaying, like, oh, yeah. You know, the first four songs that we've talked about, he didn't move. He was, like, just playing on the ground. And then this song came on, and he, like, was sitting there. This song came on, he stood up and danced the entire song. And then he, like, made the motion, like, play it again. Then I was like, yes, this is a real song. (laughs) We finally have a real song. I mean, I, I think I mentioned it in the Kid A episode, but you can kind of see how optimistic they were going for that kind of swampy drum mm-hmm. kind of thing. I really like optimistic. I'm not going to say bad things about it, though I know you I, do not. I like can it. say many bad things um, about it again if you want me to. But. <laughs> but I feel like this is an example of like, oh, this is what they were trying to do. Or like this is in that sort of same vein um, even the way that the chords show up where they're repeated mm-hmm. um, and then they fall back on them. Uh, but I think that they just, everything just works a little, look, works a lot better here. Right. I mean, this is the first semi-Can inspired song that I like. Mm-hmm. Whereas I like Can, but all the other songs that they've said were like, we were thinking about Can, like Optimistic, Cut Tooth, and Dollars and Cents, I don't like. This song is amazing. Now, what did you think about it when it was first released as a single? I paid no attention to it. You know, it's it's really strange, and I, I hate to admit it, but, like, I just don't... I had no opinion of this song before we started doing this project. I felt when it first was released that it was a step back. They had gone somewhere with Kid A and Amnesiac, and then this was a, like, let's just give them what they want or like, you know, it's a pretty song, mm-hmm. the, especially the chorus and the melodic movement of it. But I remember thinking that it's not exceptional. It's, it's a good song. 
I remember reading in that book by Stephen Hyden that he thought that the last half of this song was the best Radiohead song. And I remember being like kind of surprised by that because I, I liked this. I've always liked this song a lot. I've, I never disliked it at all, even a little bit. But I just didn't think it would measure up to what they had done on Kid A and Amnesiac or OK Computer. But I don't know if it's just because we had what we had to go through. But this song is outstanding. And breaking it on guitar is just so fascinating. Yeah. Because the whole thing is amazing. It might be my number one song so far as to like my appreciation has grown learning to play it. Oh, wow. Yeah. When I was learning this song, I'm like, okay, I, I'm going to learn this. And it's frustrating to do it because you have to tune the guitar differently. Right. And not even like a drop D. You have to do a drop D and then tune the A string up to B. You know, it, it just takes some time to do it. And it's a small price to pay. But then once you get... When I got to the middle part, where all of a sudden it goes... know that was there when I was listening to it and then out of nowhere Johnny has this the uh, picks up the electric guitar and starts playing those notes it's so amazing <laughs> you know like the first part of the song is outstanding and then the end is even better than that Oh, yeah. I mean, I go back and forth. I mean, because for me, like learning the song, like the moment I played, like. I played that and I was like, oh, what? This is so much better than I remembered. Like, that's just such yeah. a beautiful, that's such a beautiful rundown. And the tuning, the tuning, those chord voicings. When you play the G and the D sharp F like that, and then you get to the E, I don't know, it just works really well. You know, it's so illuminating to hear the early demo of the song because it's mostly all there mm -hmm. and it just, it, it sounds wrong. It doesn't work. And you can tell like how hard they worked on this song. Mm -hmm. And it's true. This is they did not record this song in LA. They recorded it in England because it took so long to get right. Yeah. And there's amazing quotes from Tom. It made me cry when we finished it, actually. I blubbed my eyes out. I don't know why. Nigel played me the mix and it just made me cry. I was in tears for ages. I just thought it was the best thing we'd ever done. So there's something about it. What he did with the guitar sound and the way it mixed in just that way, it's just really jubilant to me, that song. Yeah, I mean, he says a couple times, it's the best thing we've ever done. You know, like, you, you can just feel the effort behind this song. Especially, you know, like that, you know, when you go from that E minor to the chorus, that change... Like, you have to nail that somehow, right? Like, if you don't mm -hmm. nail that in the recording, that doesn't work. Or you let, if you don't nail it in the recording and, and the production, you, like, let that change down. Because, especially because of the melody, the vocal melody that comes after that, that, like... Just I mean, I can't sing it. But that's yeah. just gorgeous. It's really gorgeous. 
And I don't know why I didn't recognize it before. It doesn't seem as modern as everything in its right place or something, you know, which I still love all of those songs. And, you know, I don't, I, you know, I'm glad that it's, this song is not on those albums. I don't think it would fit. It doesn't sound like those albums. No, it wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't work. I don't know necessarily that it works here. Cause it just, oh, it right. just like comes up and you're like, what is going, you know, when you listen to it this closely as we've been doing and this song comes up and you're just like, what album is this now? Yeah. Like, yeah, no, why can I listen to that album instead? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I love everything about it. I love the drums. I love the, which kind of pops up, you know, throughout the song. And then the song ends on that. The lyrics are the best lyrics in the whole album. By, they're by a mile. Fantastic. By so much. <laughs> in pitch dark, I go walking in your landscape. Like that's a poem, you know, broken branches trip me as I speak. Yeah. My my favorite is the second verse where it's like there's always a siren singing you to shipwreck or it has that vocal line like that comes in like that it's like it's like the sirens that like are actually singing at that one part that comes in at the second verse which usually I wouldn't like something like that because I feel like it's so on the nose but it like works so well that I will not yeah. begrudge them like that image <laughs> but then we are accidents waiting to happen oh like it's just oh my god and then the the construction is flawless and we finally johnny like goes nuts on the guitar at the end yeah. not in an obnoxious way in a very deliberate controlled way but it's one of my favorite performances of his yeah da -na 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 -na. like i can't do it on the acoustic yeah. i did i did learn it on the electric i mean it's not hard it's just like it's a commitment to it yeah, no, it was it was unfortunate because once you tune the guitar to play the rhythm guitar part, then you can't play Johnny's parts. You have to then tune it back. <laughs> right. To learn cuz I did learn those parts too, but then, you know, I didn't do it as much as I probably wanted to cuz I liked playing along with it. But yeah, no, the song's better than I thought. It's more complex than I thought. I wasn't prepared for the second part being different. It just sticks out outrageously on the album so far. I am surprised a little bit that you like it so much because I feel he he compared it to a Pixies type song where it just mm -hmm. builds up and then explodes at the end, which you don't usually like. Yeah, from. but I mean, this is on a whole other level. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love the Pixies too, but you know, this is a song where like you love the song from the moment it starts. It's not like you're just sitting there waiting for it to get loud. The difference is for me. That's a good point. Yeah. You can make the whole song just be the first half of the song. Like, that's a really great song. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they were able to think of a way to improve that, to make it terminally climatic, as, they, as uh, Brad Osborne would say in his book, just gives the song a whole other life. It's not like they're stringing together fragments to then build up to a an explosion there's guitars and drums from the very beginning and it gets louder but it it gets just gets more exciting i guess right what well, it just gets more layered more layered is the way to put it that's a great way and it's a song that sounds pretty fucking great live too um mm -hmm. to watch them perform this song is an event 
to see them all playing drums on stage. When they do it live, it's, uh, you know, Phil obviously playing, but then Ed and Johnny playing. Yeah. If they go, they're never going to go on tour again. But I would go on tour and hope <laughs> that they, I would go see them and want that they play this song. I do feel like a little, it's been so frustrating, this album. To get to a song like this, without a doubt, feels great. And so I might be overhyping it because of what came before, but I don't think so. I really think, I, it really was when I learned to play it, I was just kind of floored. No, I agree. I'm glad you were also on that page because this, I mean, Elliot asked me to put this song on again. He loves this song. That's and he'll dance the entire yeah. time. Have you showed him the video for it? No, because Tom turns into a tree, and apparently that's confusing for little kids, as Tom said. <laughs> you know, because the video for There There is outstanding. Mm -hmm. um, it's one of their very best videos, where it kind of looks like stop motion, and then it has all these kind of Victorian, where they have like all these animals kind of wearing clothes, and in the video, Tom is like a giant going into the forest, and finds all these animals in their houses, like, sitting. And then he runs away, and then he turns into a tree. But then Tom's son saw the video and got really upset because Tom turned into a tree. And so he had to tell his son not to, that it was okay. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the quote was like, he was a little worried the first time because I turned into a tree. And as a small child, he can't differentiate between reality and television. But it's okay. Everybody left it off, and he understood, so that's fine. And he understands I'm not a tree. Because I come in at the mornings. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, I think we should at least talk about the other title. Yeah. So this is There There or The Bony King of Nowhere. Uh, I like it. It's one of those things where I like poetically The Bony King of Nowhere better. As okay. like words that are strung together. <laughs> okay. But, <laughs> I don't know how else to put that. But there, there is like, I just feel like it's perfect for the song because it's like, mm -hmm. there's, there's something almost like patting on the shoulder about it, but it's also mm -hmm. so uneasy. And so there's just like that, that <laughs> yeah. paradox, dichotomy, whatever you want to say there in it. This has been quite a journey so far to make it through these songs, these nine songs. We like some of the other songs beforehand, but to like to finally, you have to wait till song nine. Until we just like had to had nothing but like good things to say about it, and we're like excited to just talk about how it works. Like we suck young blood, like it works because it's a joke vaudeville jazzy song, and that's it. Like you can talk yeah. about some other things, or like where I end and you begin. Like it's a good song, but it's like it's just there. This is like right. make us wait until song nine. <laughs> Yeah, I know. There, you know, he has this quote, uh, Tom, where he's just, that he told the Blender magazine, where he said, I think that if you managed to persuade the record company to put any of these tracks on the radio, it would sound like pop. But everyone thinks of us as an album band and listens to the record all in one go. People scrutinize it so closely. I have had enough of this. No one gives that much of a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, he's, he showed us, I guess. He has shown us. <laughs> Point taken, Tom. I'm sorry. I mean, none of these songs are pop songs, but uh, that's a whole different story. No, I mean, there is definitely a chance that no one should do what we're doing with this album. No, 
if it didn't look so bad, I would just say like, please let's just skip to in rainbows. We got um, five more songs. Yeah. For next week, and so those five songs will be "I Will," "A Punch Up at a Wedding," "Mixomatosis," "Scatterbrain," and "A Wolf at the Door." Oh man. All the songs on the Anyone Can Play Guitar podcast are by Radiohead and performed by Nick Kendallsperger and Austin Diaz. 